Topic of our Dhamma talk this evening is Satya Vedanupasana Satipatthana Part 2, so mindful contemplation of feelings. And so we shall, or yesterday we explained about pleasant feelings being one aspect under the contemplation of the feelings. And certain today we shall take a closer look at unpleasant feelings as well as neutral feelings. And remember the instructions, namely when one feels a worldly unpleasant feeling, one knows I feel a worldly unpleasant feeling, and when feeling an unworldly unpleasant feeling, one knows I feel an unworldly unpleasant feeling. And then when feeling a worldly neutral feeling, one knows I feel a worldly neutral feeling. And when feeling an unworldly neutral feeling, one knows uh, I feel an unworldly neutral feeling. Now, to briefly restate the point from an earlier Dhamma talk on pain, namely contemplation of feelings is not done for the purpose of making up with one's or making up for one's past misdeeds. So at the time of the Buddha, there were some ascetics who held the belief that they had committed all sorts of transgressions over so many existences. And in order to gain liberation, they had to work through well the karmic results of those misdeeds. And Satna so Vipassana meditation by all means is not about Satna this. And Satna it simply doesn't make sense. Namely, our past existences are probably uncountable. And so if we were to attempt to make up for all the misdeeds and work through (laughs) all the misdeeds over uncountable existences, then probably we would need more than one single existence. So as certain Venerable Analayo and Satna also early on Joseph Goldstein have pointed out when we practice mindful contemplation of feelings, then we do this in order to well gain liberation by cutting through formations with the sword of wisdom, so to speak. Now the classical definition for dukkha, vedana, and dominasa, so an unpleasant bodily feeling and unpleasant mental feelings, or feeling, those two definitions are as follows namely, 
And the characteristic of experiencing or feeling an undesirable, tangible object. And the function of, uh, uh, of it is given as withering, you know, the withering of the associated certain states. Its certain manifestation is as bodily you know, affliction. And its proximate cause is certainly also the body you know, faculty. Now, in the case of uh, you know, a mental unpleasant feeling, namely dominasa in Nepali, sometimes also you know, translated as certain displeasure, it has certainly the characteristic of uh, experiencing or feeling an undesirable you know, object. And so it's no longer limited to only a tangible, undesirable, tangible object, but any kind of undesirable object. The function, uh, it has the function of partaking of the undesirable aspect of the object, and its manifestation is as mental affliction. And certainly its proximate cause is given as certainly the heart Days. Now, similar to you know, what has been said yesterday about uh, you know, the contemplation of pleasant you know, feelings, well, when uh, an unpleasant uh, feeling arises, it has a tendency to activate uh, certain mental states. And uh, so activate certain latent uh, tendencies and which tendencies get activated? What's that? In the case of an unpleasant feeling. Uh, yes, anger. And certainly, what else? Pardon me? Grief, uh, grief yes. And ignorance. Uh, ignorance. Uh, no, ignorance is. Uh, that comes later. Uh, well, uh, no, also fear. And certainly, so uh, when uh, a strongly unpleasant certain feeling uh, arises, uh, then uh, it certainly uh, might. Uh, lead to you know, the arising of, uh, or it might activate certain fear. Now, as in the, you know, in the presence of uh, an unpleasant feeling over a longer period of time, and let us assume it's a rather you know, intense, unpleasant feeling, then um, what other what other possibility um, would come up? What other way of dealing with it uh, could you think of? Doubt, oh, doubt could certainly arise, yes. What's that? Or acting out, uh, yes, Michael. Compassion, Compassion. Uh, maybe <laughs> for the <laughs> for the unpleasant feeling. Well, yes, Buckley. Depression, escape 
Oh, depression is escaping. We're getting closer there. Pardon me? Restlessness. Yes, yes. And so, you know, then, you know, what about you know, the run to the fridge? <laughs> you will all know what this means. <laughs> so, uh, in the case of uh, dealing with an unpleasant uh, feeling over uh, a longer uh, period of uh, time, we uh, might uh, then choose uh, the escape route of uh, seeking sensual gratification. So, if we really have to suffer this much, okay, then at least let my stomach have a pleasant experience and with this my mind too. And so in this sense, yes, some craving is involved. And so we then fill our belly and we hope that this will take care of that unpleasant feeling. Now, from an ultimate point of view, is this really going to help the situation or not? Not really. Because you're just replacing one feeling for another and that won't get you very far. Now, can in, in the case of, uh, let's say, experiencing a, an intense uh, pain, and uh, then this pain is accompanied under normal circumstances by an, an unpleasant uh, feeling, there's still something else you might consider doing. And we actually discussed it already during an earlier Dhamma talk. By me? Accepted, yes, okay, that would be good. And certain, a not so wise certain way of dealing with it would be. Oh, suppress it. No, yes. Ignore it. Well, yes, Peter. Yes, indeed. You know, so the identification is there. Well, another possibility you know, would be simply to change our posture. Is so common that we don't even think about it anymore. Now, all of these reactions or escape routes are not true solutions, and what we need to do instead is simply, in a non-reactive manner, not identifying with the unpleasant feeling, just to be aware of it when and when it occurs. And doing this, we then have a chance or an opportunity to learn something about unpleasant feelings. Now, the Buddha has explained or highlighted a certain point or an important certain point as follows, namely, when we fall you know, sick, you know, then you know, and so, you know, the body suffers owing to you know, you know, the you know, the illness. You know, then you know, the usual experience is that the mind will also you know, suffer, and you know, we have at least a choice here. 
is that mental suffering really needed or not, or necessary or not? It's not. And so the Buddha says, uh, and I'm quoting uh, volume 3 of uh, the Samyutta Nikaya, section 1, there it says, you should train yourselves, even though I am afflicted in body, my mind will be unafflicted. So it is not necessary. If we have, uh, if we suffer from you know, some you know, physical you know, suffering or some physical affliction, you know, that we add you know, to this uh, the mental you know, affliction. And you know, so the, you know, in order you know, to gain you know, this certain mastery of you know, the mind, we you know, by all means certainly need to well practice mental development. And so in observing physical pain, we gradually get to a point where we can observe it in a more detached manner and not identifying with it. Now, even though it was stated already yesterday in the talk, let me repeat more specifically about certain unpleasant feelings that they are impermanent in nature. So please do remember this, and even the most well persistent unpleasant feelings sooner or later is certainly going to change. It might change into a neutral feeling or even into a pleasant certain feeling. And then, as Sutna mentioned by Peter, when an unpleasant, a strong unpleasant feeling arises, there is a likelihood for the sense of self to kick back in. And then we will refer to it as my unpleasant feeling. Now, in the 36th collection of discourses from the Samyutta Nikaya, discourse number three, there's a very short discourse entitled Abandonment. And it says with regard to feelings, unpleasant feelings, when one experiences pain, if one does not understand unpleasant feeling, the tendency to aversion is present for one not seeing the escape from it. Now, there is a new passage in the fifth for the volume of the Samyutta Nikaya, near section 302, where a conversation is being portrayed between Venerable Anuruddha and Venerable Sariputta. And then Elder Sariputta speaks to Venerable Anuruddha and comments on his 
you know, a very serene you know, facial uh, expression. And he asks him, well, in, you know, what, what kind of a meditation you know, do you undertake you know, that you end up with such a serene you know, expression? And so you know, then you know, Venerable Anuruddha you know, replies that, you know, that he's doing you know, well, you know, Satipatthana, namely, he dwells with a mind well established in you know, the establishments of mindfulness and certainly so contemplating the body and the body feelings and feelings, mind in mind, and uh, you know, dhammas in, in you know, dhammas. And having removed uh, you know, covetousness and discontent in regard to you know, the world. And certainly so in and you know, venerable Anuruddha you know, was an arahant. And so in the course of his contemplation of the you know, four you know, satipatthanas, he was bound you know, to come across certain unpleasant you know, feelings and certain you know, related to you know, bodily you know, pain or bodily affliction. And yet his certain you know, face remained rather serene and certainly unaffected. So what this shows you is you know, that you know, the mindful contemplation of feelings you know, may lead a person you know, to a point where he or she is no longer you know, seriously affected by you know, those certain feelings, be those you know, pleasant feelings or you know, unpleasant feelings or you know, neutral you know, feelings. And so if you compare this you know, to, you know, let's say, you know, the behavior of a four-year-old child you know, that has uh, just uh, lost uh, his or her you know, balance and uh, maybe tripped over, you know, over a stone or so, hurt himself or herself, you know, then you will find a slight difference. So the child uh, no, will no, end up uh, no, well, no, no, uh, crying and uh, no, then no, no, be uh, all no, uh, upset about uh, no, the event. Now, in terms of uh, no, the contemplation, mindful contemplation of neutral no, feelings, there are a few points that are worth mentioning. So the respective Pali term here is Adukha Masukha Vedana. Vedana is your feeling. Dukha means unpleasant. The prefix A refers to negation, so un neither unpleasant and then sukha is your pleasant pleasant certain experience and certainly the prefix ma then is a negation of that so neither neither unpleasant nor pleasant a feeling of a neutral type oftentimes also referred to as upeka vedana Now, a passage in 
the Patisambida Magga, the path of discrimination, illustrates a neutral feeling as certain follows. Namely, a hunter is certainly following you know, the tracks of an uh, an or the footprints of an animal, and certainly then you know, the footprints you know, go across a rock, and certainly so the hunter sees you know, the footprints before the rock, sees the footprints beyond you know, the rock, and assumes you know, that you know, the you know, wild animal passed across you know, the rock. Likewise, for the neutral feelings. So we are aware, or it's relatively easy to know pleasant feelings. It is relatively easy to know unpleasant feelings. And then, if we experience neither an unpleasant feeling nor a pleasant feeling, then by inference we can assume that certainly probably during that period of time an, a neutral feeling was certainly predominant. So it is in this way, by a way of inference, that we first approach neutral feelings and certainly get a, get a sense for a neutral feeling. Now, the classical Abhidhamma definition of equanimity is as follows, namely, it has the characteristic of being felt as neutral. And then its function is of neither intensifying nor withering the associated states. So it is, it is not having any particular impact or effect on the mind, on the associated mental states. And its manifestation is as peacefulness and its proximate cause is consciousness without certain zest. Now, this is uh, a definition as Satna uh, given in the fourteenth you know, chapter um, of uh, the Navisudimaga paragraph hundred and twenty eight. Then we have a definition of uh, neutral uh, feeling uh, given in the text, namely in the collection of uh, discourses, Majima uh, Nikaya 1, section 303, and there it says, Friend, Wisaka, whatever is felt bodily or mentally as pleasant and soothing is pleasant feeling. Whatever is felt bodily or mentally as painful and hurting is painful feeling. And then what concerns us here in the context of neutral feelings, whatever is felt bodily or mentally as neither soothing nor hurting is neither painful nor pleasant feeling.
So if an experience, a bodily or mental, mental experience, is neither soothing nor hurting, neither to uh, our, neither uh, accompanied by, uh, let's say, no comfort, uh, nor accompanied uh, by uh, discomfort, then uh, we can uh, refer to it as a neutral uh, feeling. Now. There is some more you know, to feelings, namely, a pleasant feeling is certainly considered to be pleasant when it does what? A pleasant feeling is considered pleasant when it does what? There you go, and certainly it is painful you know, when it changes, right? And a painful feeling is certainly painful when it, when it what? When it vanishes, and when it persists, sorry, and pleasant when it changes. And certainly then, and neither painful nor pleasant feeling is pleasant when there's knowledge of it and painful when there's no knowledge of it. Now, there's more to be said on this certain at a later point. Now, for the sake of clarification, let us just briefly contrast the definition for a neutral feeling and then for the mental factor of tatra manja datta, namely that's literally that state of middleness there in the middle. So another you know, word you know, for um, for equanimity. Now, do you think those certain you know, two you know, mental states are the same or different? No, they are. Oh, the mental factor of tatra manjatata and so, you know, a neutral feeling. Huh? Same or different? Different. Different, of course. Now. Now, we've said uh, that the characteristic of uh, a neutral uh, feeling is of being felt as neutral, whereas you know, the characteristic of our you know, mental factor of uh, equanimity is certainly that of conveying consciousness and certain uh, mental factors evenly. And certainly then, you know, the function of a neutral feeling was, as stated, neither intensifying nor withering the associated mental states. And in the case of the mental factor of neutrality of mind, the function is to prevent certain deficiency and certain to uh, all the deficiency and excess and certain to prevent certain partiality. Now, in the case of uh, 
the neutral feeling, its certain manifestation is as peacefulness, whereas in the case of uh, you know, that certain mental factor of Tatra Majatata, its certain manifestation is as neutrality. So from this, you, know, you can then see that these are clearly two you know, different states. Having said this, there are phases in the meditation practice where this certain equanimity, the mental state of neutrality of mind, comes up and it is certainly then frequently accompanied by a neutral feeling. So this does occur. Yes, briefly. Ah, so earlier on, in the earlier Dhamma talk, it was mentioned that feeling, the mental factor of feeling, is one of the seven universals, which means that no matter what the consciousness is, it will be present. And so the state of no feeling doesn't exist in ordinary conditioned certain consciousness. Uh, no. And so, now, the understanding of uh, a neutral feeling triggering or activating ignorance may be somewhat difficult. Do you have any idea why this is? So a pleasant feeling activating greed or craving is certainly obvious, and certainly then an unpleasant feeling activating irritation is also obvious. And uh, yes, it's because there's a tendency to space out. Yes. The neutral feeling. So when you identify, get lost in trying to identify with whatever's going on. Yes, and you know, to take it even further, when a neutral feeling arises. One, well, like you're saying, one spaces out, and suddenly then one is not seeing the arising of the neutral feeling, and one is missing also its dissolution. So in both cases, not knowing the arising of it, not knowing the dissolution of it, so this not knowing is ignorance. It's the same as certain ignorance. And so the relevant certain passage from Majjhima Nikaya, Volume 3, Section 285, uh, explains it as follows. When one is touched by a neither painful nor pleasant feeling, 
if one does not understand as it actually is the origination, the disappearance, the gratification, the danger, and the escape in regard to that feeling, then the latent tendency to ignorant lies within uh, the person. And certainly here, gratification is in the sense of, uh, well, the advantage of um, and neutral feeling of the disadvantage, and certainly then uh, also the escape. So gratification, danger, and escape. Now, the Suttanta, the discourses, say with regard certainly, to feelings that certainly, they uh, occur in, in connection with objects of altness or arising at all sense doors. And certainly, so um, we have you know, this mentioned in various certain texts of certainly, experiencing pleasant and unpleasant sights, pleasant as well as unpleasant sounds, pleasant as well as unpleasant smells, pleasant and unpleasant tastes, and certainly then, and certainly these then in turn provide the conditions for the arising of the corresponding mental states of liking or disliking. However, the Abhidhamma states or holds that only the sense of touch is accompanied by pain or pleasure, while feelings arising at the other four sense doors are invariably neutral. So this certainly then uh, is a different certain presentation, and certainly in our meditation practice, we simply need to find out our, for ourselves what uh, is certain or what our experience is. Now. In the Itivutaka passage at you know, 53, there is an important you know, reflection with regard to you know, feelings. Namely, it says, pleasant feelings, oh, bhikkhus, bhikkhunis, and certain lay meditators you know, should be seen as certain suffering because it is unstable and liable to change. Then painful feeling should be seen as a dart. And neither pleasant nor painful feeling should be seen as impermanent. So to see neutral feelings as impermanent has a certain significance to it, namely, Neutral feelings tend to be you know, the most stable among you know, feelings that you know, we uh, experience. And so if we keep experiencing this neutral 
feeling for over a longer period of time, and in especially in between more predominant certain experiences, certain pleasant and unpleasant experiences, easily the impression might arise that a neutral feeling is what? That it is continuous, that it is permanent. And when in fact, neutral feelings are just like all other formations, impermanent. And so to see, actually see neutral feelings as impermanent, then does make a lot of sense. And so when one contemplates certain neutral feelings carefully, one sees that in the end they are not certain, that certain stable and not that certain permanent, then this contemplation may lead to the arising of intuitive wisdom. Now, there are two major reasons for the arising of a neutral feeling. What are those two reasons or causes? What's that? Oh, the absence of pleasant or unpleasant. Uh, yes, okay. If you go further, deeper. Ah, equanimity, yes, we're gradually getting there. Still further. Subtlety? Pardon me? Subtlety. Subtlety. Mm. Not really. Well, mm, we've seen earlier on you know, that uh, mm, out of ignorance, a neutral feeling may arise. So the neutral or, or an object has no particular features and certainly then there is a neutral or a neutral feeling or there's ignorance and certainly then a neutral feeling is there. Or sorry, let me put it differently. Um, the neutral feeling then is associated with ignorance. So that's one case. And then can you think of a different case, entirely different case? A neutral feeling being associated having no preferences uh, yeah, well, that's uh, uh, along the line of equanimity. Well, the answer is um, a neutral feeling can also be associated with wisdom. Now, when we experience an ordinary, an object without any distinct certain qualities, then this will go along with a neutral feeling and certainly then it will be associated with ignorance. 
the respective footnote passage from you know, the third volume of footnote, the Majima Nikaya, section 219, is as follows. Herein, what are you know, the six kinds of equanimity based on the household life? On seeing a form with the eye, equanimity arises in a foolish, infatuated, ordinary person in an untaught ordinary person who has not conquered his or her limitations or conquered the results of action and who is blind to danger. So such equanimity as this does not transcend the form. That is why it is called equanimity based on the household life. And the commentary to the Majima Nikaya explains this uh, as follows, namely, this is the equanimity of unknowing that arises in one who has not conquered the limitations imposed you know, by the defilements or you know, future results of action. It does not transcend the form because it is stuck you know, or fastened you know, to the object like flies to a ball of fitness sugar. Now, quite different from this is the second case, namely, from the same passage of the Majima Nikaya. What are the six kinds of equanimity based on renunciation? When, by knowing the impermanence, change, fading away, and cessation of forms, one sees as it actually is, with proper wisdom that forms both formally and now are all impermanent, suffering and subject to change, equanimity arises. And such equanimity as this you know, transcends the form. That is why it is called equanimity based on renunciation. This is the equanimity associated you know, with knowledge, with insight knowledge. It does not become lustful towards desirable objects that come into the range of the senses, nor does it become angry because of undesirable objects. And certainly, so it is a form of neutral feeling, or this neutral feeling associated with wisdom arises you know, or, or is the result you know, from detachment and certain equanimity that certain has no uh, preference. And it, it is this no, or after obs having observed objects many, many, many you know, times, thousands of you know, times, that one has seen them all, and one knows they one knows they all boil down to just another physical or mental formation, and with this the mind then detaches from the experience whether under normal circumstances this would be you know a delightful experience or under normal circumstances it would be an unpleasant experience. And so the mind just detaches and with this then a neutral feeling is there associated by wisdom. 
And this makes a huge difference, whether we experience a neutral feeling associated by ignorance or we experience a neutral feeling associated by wisdom. Now, this certainly then more or less brings us to near the end of our talk. Let me conclude by wishing may the mindful contemplation of pleasant feelings, of unpleasant feelings, and then of neither unpleasant nor pleasant feelings lead you to a profound understanding of the nature of feelings and with this may your mind become more and more detached and ultimately may then much serenity arise and may it result in the attainment of the path of arahanship in this existence or some existence certainly in the near future. And this is all for now. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.